Well, how is everyone doing this Christmas season? I hope everybody, um, your Christmas is going so far, so so well so far. I'm going to start over. We can clip that. Uh, sorry, y'all. My earbuds in. Okay. Start over. We're still recording. Well, how is everyone doing this Christmas season? I hope you are enjoying the most wonderful time of the year. And I am not even going to ask you if you have gotten most of your shopping done. I'm not also, um, I'm not going to ask you if you've been able to stick to your eating plan. Um, <laughs> because those would be cruel and unusual questions to ask right now that would be causing unnecessary stress, I'm sure. But if you are feeling stressed, it makes sense that you might be seeking out Christmas goodies, right? It makes sense for that. Um, I, I, I still have reverb on. It's feeding back to me. It's going to come. So, Oscar, we might need your help. There's still, I don't know if it's on in the broadcast, but there's still reverb on on my mic in here. You, you, have you got it off now? Do you know how? Okay, it's coming back to me. I'm sorry, y'all. Thank you for being patient for us to try to get it right. Okay, do we have it off everywhere, Mary, or somebody, whoever's body is there, give me a thumbs up so I can know I can start again. See, you find people don't have to experience this. Uh, <laughs> now you know why it takes us so long. I'm just waiting for them to tell me I can start. Anybody in the broadcast room, let me know if I have the reverb off on my mic. Okay, we're good? Okay, Kaylee, we're good? We have it off? Okay. All right. Third time's a charm, right? Why don't you just say a quick prayer that God will help us? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to start. Well, how is everyone doing this Christmas season? I hope you are enjoying this most wonderful time of the year. And I am not even going to ask you if you've gotten most of your shopping done. I'm also not going to ask you if you have been able to stick to your eating plan <laughs> and stay away from most of those temptations. I mean, those questions would just be cruel and unusual punishment. They would cause unnecessary stress, right? But if you are feeling stressed, uh, it does make sense that you might be seeking out Christmas goodies uh, <laughs> around this time of year. I have actually heard um, from a very good verifiable source that desserts can absolutely reverse your stress. Does anybody know that to be true? I, I've heard that, and then the person who told me that, it was pretty, uh, it was conveyed to me in a very strong, factual way. And here's the reason why. They told me, here's the scientific reason why desserts reduce stress. Um, and they can reverse that stress in your life because did you know that stressed is simply desserts spelled backwards? Did you know that? So um, that's why 
<laughs> it will reverse your stress. Uh, just kidding. Feel free to contact me later for more fraudulent medical advice. That was not accurate medical advice. Please don't um, hold me to that. Well, thank you for coming today as we continue this series entitled Light of the World. Christmas is all about a light that is so much brighter than the darkness, brighter than our weakness, brighter than our struggles, brighter than our questions, a light that is so bright that over 2,000 years later, it still has all the answers we need. You know, 2020, it's had some twists and turns, right? And it's been full of heartache and disappointments. 2020 has had no shortage of opportunities for fear or anxiety. You know, fear, it's it's just a natural human response, right? We all know that. It's very natural. But just because it's natural does not mean that it is good for us, right? Uh, because God has a better path for us. And I'd like to open by reading 2 Timothy verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mine. If God has a promise for me, I don't know about you, but I want it. If God has a promise in scripture that is for me, I want it. I want to claim it. And the way to overcome my fears is to surrender them to God. That's it. The way to overcome my fears is to surrender them to God, to boldly follow him. And if you've ever had fears, if you've ever been afraid you, my friends, are in the right place today. You are watching the right thing to watch today because we know the light of the world is his light for our fears. His light came for our fears. I'm sure it feels like fear and anxiety are on the increase all around us. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. Nobody can predict things. And so it just kind of feels like this fear, this tension, this anxiety is just rising. Um, <laughs> but before you feel like you're walking on a road no one else has ever traveled. I mean, you know, how many times have we heard 2020 is unprecedented? Okay, so we know the, the specific circumstances that, that we're experiencing right now in 2020. Of course, that is unprecedented. However, however, there have always been reasons to fear. And I would, I would venture a, a guess, <laughs> I would venture a guess that um, all of us under the sound of my voice, myself included, you didn't start getting afraid in 2020. <laughs> you probably had some fear before that. What 2020 has done, as we have unfortunately said, is that 2020 vision we, we can now see clearly our fears have just come to light even more. They've become even more obvious. It's not like they weren't there, but we've had this way of sort of keeping them under wraps. Um, <laughs> so there's always been reasons to fear. And we can go back to the events leading up to that very first Christmas, and we can see right then and there how the light of God dispelled the darkness of fear. And so I'd like to read a passage from Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, I'll, I'll just pause right here. 
What would that be like? An angel coming, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, now Mary did not respond, um, you know, kind of like if you wish you could have a do-over in life. Maybe Mary wished she could have that do-over, you know, um, instead of saying, oh, thank you. No, no, that's not how she responded. But she was greatly troubled <laughs> at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Everybody say forever. Why don't you type that in the chat forever? And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Somebody needs to know in 2020 of his kingdom, there is no end. There is nothing we are facing that, that he's not already conquered. He's not already been victorious over. You know, in this beautiful passage, Mary has an incredible opportunity. This is her moment to embrace God's call or to run from it right? It's, it's right there for her. And though this was the highest honor anyone had ever received, right? No human had received such an honor as what was being bestowed to Mary at that time. Mary could not wrap her head around it in that moment. Yes, there was prophecy. Yes, she was a good church girl. She knew what scripture had told her. But none of that computed in that moment. And I don't want us to miss this point here before we go any further. Your situation might not make sense. The situation that God is coming to you, speaking to you in that moment, it may not make sense. You see, the angel of the Lord visits Mary. And we assume that this is the first time she's seen an angel, right? It doesn't tell us that she's seen an angel at any other times. And so... it. it it seems that she probably wasn't so sure what to make of that encounter. Maybe, now maybe some of you super spiritual folks, you've seen angels so many times, it's not even that big of a deal to you anymore. You know, it's just, so you're like, I mean, come on, Mary. You know, of course, you're fulfilling scripture, and of course the angel's coming to you, and I mean, what's the big deal? Well, it, for most of us, it would be a big deal. For most of us, it would be a pretty startling thing. And most of us don't have the delusions of grandeur <laughs> to think, well, of course the Lord would choose me. So you can imagine how this situation was a lot for a 12 or 13-year-old young lady to take in. The angel understood Mary's fears, and Gabriel spoke to those fears specifically. Um, in verse 30, it says, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Could you imagine what she was experiencing? How could she not be afraid after what she just heard? Not only did the news sound impossible, it also had the potential to destroy her life. I mean, really, it had the potential to destroy her life. What would people think? I mean, what about her family? What about her fiancé, Joseph? And what about his family? Because, you know, your mama might forgive you and your daddy might forgive you, but his mama might not. And his daddy, 
and his aunts that like to talk might not. You know, <laughs> she's got all of this. Wouldn't Joseph just abandon her now? I mean, how could he stay with her? There's no way he could trust her. There's no way he could believe her. And please don't forget, this young lady, as I already alluded to, she was probably 12 or 13 years old. She lived in a culture where there was no protection apart from a husband or apart from her family. And she was already engaged to be married to Joseph. So when Scripture says she was scared, you can understand why. And when the angel told her not to fear, can we all understand that might have been easier said than done? You know, you might be having your devotion in the morning, and you may come across verses. Um, there's so many in Scripture, by the way. There's more than one verse for every day of the year that um, talk to us about fear and how we can cast our fears um, to the Lord and give them to Him. You, you may be feeling like, well, Lord, those verses are easier said than done. For Mary, I'm sure she felt that way, but she had a God who would help her through every single challenge she faced. Because even though she couldn't make sense of her situation, God was at work in it. Now, here's, here's another thing um, that we find in the Gospels. Mary wasn't the only one who was afraid when we're talking about the birth of the Savior. The angels had some more work to do, and this time it was with her fiancé, Joseph. Let's read Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Imagine explaining that one at your holiday gatherings. If you thought that holidays are awkward in 2020, imagine explaining that one. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Listen. She could have been killed. He could have rightly so, according to their law, brought her out in front of everyone. She'd been killed right then. But it says he was a just man. He was good. So, I mean, he, he probably didn't believe her story, it seems like. But he just thought, okay, whatever. I'll, I'll just send you away privately. And I'm, I'm not going to shame you. You won't be killed. Let's just, let's just go our separate ways and, and try to move on with life. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." And so again, Joseph, do not be afraid. Mary, do not be afraid. They had fears, probably for different reasons, but they both were afraid. This most incredible gift that had ever come to earth was coming to them. They were the stewards, I guess you could say, the caretakers of the light of God. God manifests in flesh dwelling among us, and they wrestled with that call of God. Because it didn't make sense to Mary, and it certainly didn't make sense to Joseph either. Yet Joseph followed God's plan in spite of all of that. God called Mary and Joseph to serve him, 
And they started a journey of faith that began in a valley of fear. It doesn't seem to make sense to our minds that when God is calling us to step out in faith, to do something more in him, that we are mired in the muck of fear and doubt and unbelief. But I want to tell somebody that's listening to me today, when we are faced with sometimes the greatest dreams of our lives, they're going to make us the most scared of our lives. When we're faced with the situations that will bring God the greatest glory, they could, bring, they could be the most anxiety-inducing things we ever face. But when you step out in faith, you can trust that you have a God who will bring you through the valley of fear. And I think that really is part of the human condition. What do I mean? What am I talking about? Well, here's the simple truth that I know. We fear the unknown. Am I speaking truth today? We absolutely fear the unknown. We worry about what we don't know. Well, if I do this, then what will happen? Or what if I'm rejected? What if I put myself out there and I try to be kind to someone and I'm hurt again? What about my family? What about my family that doesn't know God? Will will they ever come to him? What about my career? What if things, if they don't ever get better in this situation, how can I keep going on? And so we fear, we fear, we fear, we fear things that we don't know the answers to. I, I've observed something, especially over the past year. I think most human beings, I think most of us live our lives with the main priority of our lives to be avoiding any pain or disappointment. I'm going to say that again. I think most people, myself included, I think most of us, if we are honest a major priority in our lives is to live a life free of pain, to live a life free of suffering, to live a life free of disappointment. And really, that fear of the unknown is probably more about fear of what we can't control, right? I think that's really what it is. And I think that's what's made 2020 such a wake-up call for each one of us. You see, it's the illusion that we've had control of our situations, Prior to all this, we thought we were in control. You know, we can pay our bills and we can um, go to a doctor when we're sick and we can go to school and we can get a degree and we can get a job and we can raise a family. And that doesn't mean that there weren't struggles before. But for the most part, we felt like we had a handle on things. But folks, that's, that, that, is illusion. that is an illusion. That is a castle built on the sand because we have never had control in the first place. And that's what makes us so fearful. Now we know. Now we know how fleeting our control is and how it's just in vain. Fear about what we didn't plan. Fear about what we don't have an answer for. Fear about what we can't control. All these things, these are the things that make it hard for us to trust. You know, Mary and Joseph, they didn't really have a plan (laughs) They certainly didn't have a plan before the angel came to them. And and I don't know what kind of plan they formulated quickly after the angel came to them. I mean, it wasn't even a tiny bit on their radar. I don't know. I mean, you know how little girls, when they're playing with their dolls and they're, you know, you're the princess and then you do your 
your wedding and you know you kind of make the wedding dress because you can't find one you kind of do all this kind of stuff did little girls did little hebrew girls like did they pretend to be the mother of the messiah i don't know maybe maybe mary did that but nothing could have prepared her for for that angel coming nothing could have prepared her for god's call mary and joseph both heard from god they both received a message that would that would absolutely change their lives forever. And at this most crucial moment when they had every opportunity to run in the opposite direction, they embraced the plan of God. They embraced their situation, even though it was a very challenging, very fear-inducing situation. They chose to trust God with everything. They were all in. Let me ask something. Can we take off the can we take off the religious mask and I'm just going to ask you kind of a come clean question right now. You you don't even you don't even have to type it in the chat. You can just like ponder these things to yourself, okay? Have you ever made a commitment to God in a moment in time? Felt really strong. Felt, "Yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, you have spoken to me. I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to follow your plan, your path." And then, you know, maybe, maybe it was right here around this, what, this area that we call the altar, okay? Or maybe another, another altar, maybe by your bed. But at a place of consecration, you made this commitment. But then something happened. I mean, probably it was just you kind of left and went on your way and you slept a couple of days. Maybe you ate. Life just kind of happened. It doesn't have to be something drastic to make us question, right? It doesn't have to make, be something drastic to make us waver, but fear rose up, and then you started to second-guess that commitment. See, if you're like me, if I'm very honest with you, I get frustrated with myself. I want to be really strong and brave and full of faith all the time. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to have doubts. I don't want to question things. But sometimes, sometimes my faith struggles. Sometimes I feel weak. And sometimes it's hard to hold on to God's promises. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody else who's human out there? Is it only me? Okay. Um, and, you know, God, God is so gracious because he'll give you a promise or he'll call you to him. And then when we start to waver, then when we start to feel a little wishy-washy in our commitment, he's going to reassure again. He comes back again. He'll speak a kind, gentle word. He'll speak another promise. Or in the case of Joseph and Mary, he's just going to send another angel. <laughs> he's, he's going to get our attention. And he's going to remind us that it's okay. That he knows our, our frame. He knows how weak we are. And he can deal with our fears if we give them over to him. Because, see, I'm, I, I, just, I would imagine I'm not the only person who needs to be reminded that I don't have to fear. I would imagine that. Now, my fear doesn't scare God. It doesn't. I can surrender that completely over to him. He has a plan for all of that. We have heard hundreds of times throughout Scripture that God has a better way for us than to walk in fear. When God called Abraham and Sarah out of retirement, <laughs> he said to them, don't be afraid. To Jacob, to Moses and Joshua, God said, do not be afraid. To David and Ruth, to Elijah and Deborah, to Isaiah, to Ezekiel, to Jeremiah, God first says to them, don't be afraid. 
Every human encounter, there is that element of fear. You know what? In some ways, we just need to look at it in a way to, to make it a healthy spiritual thing, okay? To acknowledge there's a bit of humility there. That fear is that, oh, no, I can't do this. Exactly. So instead of pretending like you don't have fear and running in the opposite direction, why don't you just say, oh, Lord, I'm afraid because this is a big thing. This is a big deal. This is bigger than me. This is something that will give you glory. So I'm going to surrender it to you. I'm going to humble myself and submit that to you. To both Mary and Joseph, the angel said, do not be afraid. And then beyond them, to the disciples on the sea and to the women at the empty tomb, Jesus said, do not be afraid. To Paul in prison and to John on Patmos came the same message do not be afraid. So I am just I am just a humble mouthpiece for the Lord today to tell you you're in good company. Do not be afraid. You have more in common with these Bible heroes than you may have thought because the world of the Bible was a frightening place just like 2020 has been frightening as well. And sometimes, sometimes I need God to remind me again that he is in control. Maybe you do too. Maybe you do too. And if you do, it's really okay because Mary and Joseph needed some reassurance as well. You know, they had navigated the command of Caesar Augustus um, for the census registration. They traveled. Now they were standing, uh, facing a whole new world because they were facing the wrath of the paranoid Herod the Great. Herod had heard what the wise men shared about the birth of Jesus, so he ordered the slaughter of all these babies, age two and under. And you know, that very first Christmas had passed, and the promised holy child had grown from being held into their arms to toddling beside his parents. And now the fears had changed. Because Mary and Joseph just weren't worried about what people would think about them anymore. Now they were worried, would my child be killed? What are we going to face? What about the promises of God? Lord, you, you promised us, and Scripture has promised. But, now, but we see the reality before us. What about the promises of God? Their reasons of fear were greater than ever. And so, if you know the rest of the story, you know that God did not leave them stranded in their place of fear. No, he's not like that. That's not the God that we serve. There was another angelic visitation with more instructions, more promises, more provision. Matthew 2, verse 13 says, After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. When God gives you a promise, Satan will always try to destroy it. Does anybody know that to be true in your life? And we know, we know that many times when we have that pushback, right, when we feel, um, when we feel a pushback on a promise from God, we think, oh, it must be because we're not doing the right thing. No, it could be the exact opposite. It could be because the thing that God has called you to do, it could be because the situation that God is going to get glory through in your life scares Satan so much that he's going to try to destroy it before it even comes to pass. And that's what's happening right here with Mary and with Joseph. They had a promise, but they needed 
reassurance. And just like he always does, because he is God and he is a good God, God kept his promise and he told them again when it was safe to leave. Matthew 2, starting at verse 19. Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother. And go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Somebody say he was afraid. He was afraid to go there and being warned by God in a dream. He turned aside into the region of Galilee and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Joseph was afraid. Joseph had had how many angelic visitations? God had made a way after a way after a way after a way. And Joseph, the one chosen to be the earthly father of our Lord Jesus, was afraid. Rightly so. He didn't want to go to Judea because Herod's son was there ruling in his father's place. Now, I'm, I, I'm not sure if you caught all that, but just in case you missed it, in a span of 10 verses, Joseph had three separate visits from angels. Now, now that's not counting, you know, before all of this, right? But in a span of 10 verses, Joseph had three separate visits from angels. God knew all about Joseph's fears. But Joseph's fears did not disqualify Joseph from God's promises. I want you to know your fears do not disqualify you from God's promises. We have a God who knows our every situation, who has been tempted, who has been tested, and he knows what we need. And so Joseph was in this situation. He was fearful, but that fear didn't keep him from what God had for him. Do you want to know why? Because Joseph obeyed scared. Joseph and Mary, they obeyed scared. What do I mean by that? Faith doesn't mean you don't have fear. Well, that, that's pretty good. Somebody ought, to, somebody ought to type that in the chat. I'm going to say that again. Faith doesn't mean you don't have fear, right? If we're being honest, if we're being, if we're being let's remove the mask, Christians, and being real, faith doesn't mean you don't have fear. It means your fear doesn't overtake your faith. Mary and Joseph obeyed scared. You see, God saw their fears, and he met them at that point, and he met them again. And he met them again when they needed him most. God didn't tell them, hey, I told you once and that ought to be enough. Here's some free relationship advice. Um, please, please don't tell your loved one, your, your spouse, um, well, I told you I loved you once. That should be enough. <laughs> like no, nobody, you know, you, you might joke like that. Hopefully nobody would do that. Please nobody do that. Our Lord doesn't do that with us. He doesn't say, I took your fears once. That should be enough. No. He says, okay, here I am. I'm helping you. I'm helping you again. I'm helping you again. Just, just, just as we are, as Scripture says, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, I, would, I think one of the greatest gifts we can receive is grace. And if we can give grace to our kids, how much more grace does our Lord have for us? You see, God met them where they were in their place of fears 
and doubts. They had fears, but they obeyed scared. And when they needed another boost in their faith, God came to them again. I'm sure every person right now is wondering when all this when all of this hurt and all of this sorrow and all of the death and all of the disruption and everything that we're facing, all the chaos in this world that we're living in, I'm sure we're all wondering when that will stop. And on this side of heaven, I can't tell you for certain. I really can't. I know that with everything that we're facing, it is very easy for fear to creep in. Overcoming fear Though it's not something that you conquer just one time. And then you're good to go for life. No, no, my friends, overcoming fear is a part of dying daily. Why don't you repeat that after me? It's a part of dying daily. Put that in the chat. Dying daily to our need to have all the answers. And surrendering completely to trusting God with all of our lives. Mary and Joseph had already overcome a lot of fears, fears of how this could be and what others would think, and fears of what will happen if my family rejects me. But now they face even more fears, even more serious fears. How would we survive, and will our son be killed? And they needed reassurance from God that he was guiding their steps. And just like the good, gracious God that he is, he reassured them again. He reassured them again. He is more than willing to calm your fears again and again. So if in this holiday season you find yourself looking at the world and feeling more fearful than full of good cheer, you might have something more in common with that first Christmas than you may think. And that's okay. Because our God can speak to your situation in the midst of your fear, and he can strengthen your faith. Why don't we thank him for that right now? Amen, 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 amen. A favorite tradition of the Christmas season is watching a Charlie Brown Christmas. Anybody? <laughs> it's one of our favorites, watching a Charlie Brown Christmas. Do you remember that moment? Does anybody know when Linus recites the angel's words to the shepherds. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but Linus recites these beautiful words found in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, if you haven't noticed this, go back and watch it again. But maybe you'll, you'll see something powerful happens in that moment. When Linus quotes the angel, and at the moment when he says, fear not, Linus drops his blanket. It's the only time in all of the Peanut series that Linus is not holding on to that security blanket. He drops that blanket in that moment when he says, fear not. And his face, you can see it, look at it again. Um, it becomes radiant and filled with joy. Folks, when we drop our fear, when we drop our security blanket, when we drop these things that we think we need to have joy and to have peace and to have the abundant life that God promised, when we give that fear over to God, we make room for joy. We make room for joy. And joy in this atmosphere in which we live, joy is an act of fierce defiance in a fear-mongering world. 
Joy is standing up and saying, I refuse to allow my peace to be stolen from me. I'm going to surrender completely over to you. Everyone has fear. Fear not does not mean that we can't have fear. It just means that our fear doesn't have us. It just means that our fear doesn't have us. And so God arrives. He arrives again and again. Do not be afraid. Do not be overcome by your fears. Don't let those fears control you. Don't let them steal your life. Don't let them steal your soul. You see, the light of the world, it shines so much brighter than our fears. And that light can banish all darkness within us and all darkness around us. You see, we may have fear, but our fears will never have us. Our fears will never get the best of us because we know where to bring those fears. And so I'm calling out to a group of people who are tired of letting fear hold them back a people who might not know how God is going to work it all out, a people who might be at the end of your rope of the plans that you made, of the situations that you thought would come to pass, and you're tired of trying to do it on your own. Your fear has kept you from fully experiencing the goodness and the love of your Savior because you thought it was your burden to bear. You thought it was your heavy load to carry. But you've got a Savior who says, no, my child, I am here for you. I am here for you. And the fear that's kept you in chains, because we do know chains can be comfortable sometimes, right? Sometimes what we know, what is familiar, it's comfortable. But you don't have to walk in that same place. Today is your day for a breakthrough. Your fear does not disqualify you. It just means you need a Savior. And if you humble yourself and you surrender that fear over to God, the light of the world will bring all the joy and all the peace and all the hope that you need, even in these weary and fearful times. We're going to pray together now because God is calling you and God is calling me today. The specifics of our situation, it looks quite different, but the message is the same that it was to Mary and Joseph. Do not be afraid, he says, I am with you. Do not be afraid, he says, I have a plan. And so right now as we bow our heads, And we close our eyes. If you're tired of carrying that unbearable burden of fear, you don't have to carry it any longer. I invite you to surrender it over to him today. I'm telling you, you don't have to let fear rule and reign supreme. I'm inviting you today to surrender it to God. Let's pray together right now. Dear Father, we thank you for your light that shines brighter than all the darkness, brighter than the fear, brighter than the uncertainty. Please forgive us for our sins and forgive us for holding on to hurts and disappointments. Forgive us for living in fear 
and break the bondage fear has in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for helping us let go of things that hold us back from our new future in you. Your light is for our fears, God. Right now, in every situation we face, we need your power to be made real in our lives today. We need to find the freedom we have been searching for today. I pray you will make your power real to us right now. When we are afraid, help us obey scared. Transform our hearts to obedient faith. We are tired of living our own way, God. We surrender to your power, to your freedom, and to your love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Why don't we give him praise right now? Why don't we give him praise right now? Your God has heard your prayer. And he is meeting you right where you are. And we're going to take a few moments to pray. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. I know you can feel it right where you are. There is healing power. There is healing for your weary, sin-sick, fear-filled soul. God is here right here for us right now. And if you surrendered your life to Jesus today, we want you to fill out a Connect card on our website. Let us know how we can support you on your faith journey if you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus to wash your sins away forever, if you'd like for us to pray with you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, we're here to support you in whatever way that we can, whatever way you need. We're going to worship him together right now. Why don't you just stand where you are? Why don't you stand where you are? And let's just take a few moments to surrender to him. And let's just give our hearts, our minds, our souls over to him. We can surrender our fears to Jesus Christ right now. Amen. Amen.